Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 or on the internet, wherever you are. I don't know exactly where you are listening from, but what I do know is that you are joined this morning by myself, Lawson, and we've got my amazing co-host for today, Matthew, in the studio. Well, I should say co-host for the week. You, you, We've booked you in like this, this whole week to, to get it done so not worthy you know i feel so like privileged by you yeah. guys yeah oh, come on you just rub off you know the the, the shine nah. actually sticks to me We're, so. well, <laughs> no, we are just so so blessed to have you in here to do this caught up with some responsibilities and whatnot she'll be away for most of this week we're actually doing a bit of a swapsy on wednesday she's coming in i'm not here you're still here yes. mate you're just you're just holding it down you are the firm foundation where we're built worthy. on this week. <laughs> I'm the mortar. I'm yeah. the foundation, which is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you grateful for this morning, Matthew? You know, like Daniel would say, I'm just praising the Lord, especially wow. with this good news. I got the biggest surprise. You wouldn't believe it. My wife kept it back from me, understandably. Wow. Uh, she wanted to be me to be elated with such good news. And uh-huh. the good news is my, my sister... Uh, it's come from New Zealand to to here in, in New South Wales. She's been here since Tuesday, mm. and she's come here to look after her husband's, uh, help look after her husband's sister, mm. who's unfortunately suffering from stage four cancer. Oh. Um, and she was staying at a place called Leppington, mm. and I went and picked oh, her down, up yesterday. Down Sydney way. Down Sydney way. Yeah. Absolutely. And she's been at my house since last night, and Matthew's been naughty. I've been talking all hours of the evening, burning <laughs> long at the ends of the candle. Yeah, <laughs> baby, you here this morning, getting it done on the breakfast show. We're stoked to have you here, and that's amazing, too. Oh, it's so funny, like your wife, you're keeping it from you, keeping it a secret. <laughs> because from what you told me in the car, you know, you and your sister are quite close, yeah. and now she's coming over from New Zealand, and you get to spend time with her. That's really, really special, especially like leading up, you know, during the holiday period as well. Coming up in today's show, Man, there has just been so much news unfolding over the weekend. But we might pick up on a recent survey that has been done in Europe, having a look what's happening with Elon Musk, maybe get into some of the curriculum in Australian schools as well. We'll see. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And... Big Matthew, you are going to get us our first question for the quiz. We've got to fill in the blank here. My man. Yep. So, friends of Australia, let me let us start with this particular question. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that blank on mm. me shall never thirst. John mm. chapter 6, verse 35. Hey, there's a reference there too. Makes it easier. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're blessing you this morning. We yeah. are we are giving you some, some definite directions to go. Hey, do you want to get that for us one more time? Absolutely. So, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that blank on me shall never thirst. John 6. Verse 35. Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Oh, I should just say actually text. That is the number to text 100% if you know the answer to that one. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you will go into the draw to win an amazing prize. We have a morning and an evening devotional, which we are wanting to give away absolutely for free this week. If you are feeling like particularly going into the new year, if you're feeling like 
man, I just want to get in the groove, get in the zone with uh, with Jesus just every single morning, opening up you know, to amazing messages that can bless me and, and I can walk with and, and mull on throughout the day. Devotional books are perfect for that, and we want to give you a devotional, a morning and evening devotional, so that you will be able to do that. We want you to live your best life walking with Jesus every single day. As we say when we get to the show every day, walk faith, live faith, and act faith. And we believe that that happens through opening up the Word of God. So these devotional books are fantastic. We want to give them to you absolutely for free. All you need to do to get them for free is to text us at 0491-064-669 and answer that fill in the blank again. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that blank on me shall never thirst. That's John chapter 6 and verse 35. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. Again, that number, 0491-064-669. Matthew, what is happening in the world, in the realm, in the space of positively different news? Yeah, this is. I love this one because this has to do with my son as well. Oh, so wow. We're talking about Lego. Okay, Le- okay, Lego. Dude, I I growing up was an absolute Lego fiend. Loved it. I used to I used to build stuff like every every show and tell I did. I I kind of started it was it was loathed by some of my classmates because I'd just bring in something that I built with Lego and it would just be like, "Oh, and here's something else I built with Lego." But it was like the same Legos, I just kind of reconfigured them. It wasn't like a, "Oh, here's something new." It was like, "Okay, so here's a man." And then the next week it would be like, "Oh, here's a man, but he has a big hat or something like that." <laughs> and my classmates would be like, "I lost it, bro. Come on." But hey, what are we doing with Lego? What's the deal with Lego? So Lego um like I was so with you because Lego- Lego, you can really mix and match. That's mm. the beauty of Lego. Oh, it's the best. Um, and I loved Lego as a kid. I never got enough of it. And the reason why I got my son into it pretty much since he was able to, you know, sit up. Uh, and, I, and I had this idea that if I got him into Lego, mm. hopefully he'd have like an, an engineer type mind mm. that he could um, do other things that, you know, if he did carpentry, um, he could build really good. And mm. it helped him with his education too in, in terms of maths and everything else. Mm. Now, Lego is comprised of two words, okay? It mm. means let, L-E-G, elect, and got. Mm-hmm. You know what that means? Well, I, it sounds Danish, I guess. It's Dan- Le- very Lego. Cute. That's where Lego comes from. Absolutely. Actually, means play well. means play well. So hopefully everyone mm-hmm. can you know, play well. And it's part of their, not only their name, but their ideal. So it's a core part of their mission statement. Mm. They really want to reach kids by getting them to play well. Mm. And... So I've, this young fellow in America, he's from California, mm-hmm. he's started this initiative to bless young people by repurposing Lego because what he noticed is that Lego tends to be uh, a large contributor to landfill. Oh, and why? Young, Who's throwing out Lego? Um, you know, not every kid sticks with Lego. Some kids get bored. Yeah, and but it's like on. the ultimate recyclable toy, right? Because it's not even like a one thing. You give it to someone and they can build it into someone, something else. But that's okay. That's unfortunate. It's ending up in landfill. And what is he doing about it? So this gentleman, Charlie Jeffers, he's a Californian. Mm-hmm. Um, what he's doing, he started a, like a non non-profit company where he gets volunteers to help, you know, with the environment. So no plastic is ending up with landfill. That's his main, uh, like one of his main initiatives. The other one is 
He wants marginalised kids to get access to Lego. So they clean up discarded Lego, they wash it, um, sanitise it, and also they make new kits out of it. So as you and I know, growing mm. up, Lego's been kind of formidable. We're following different themes, like it could be dinosaurs, it could be uh, like games or, or movies like Star Wars and things like that. Um, could be Marvel characters. Mm. You name it, they build it. In fact, uh, they're known for making large kind of Lego builds such as one of Pharaoh, one the X-Wing, and um, even some magical themes such as waterfalls and gardens made mm. out of Lego. So he wants to you know, be friendly to the environment as well as get these Legos into the hands of marginalised kids, which is so, so, mm. so good. Now, what's interesting is I got some um, inf- information about you know, or some facts regarding Lego in terms of um, they almost went busted, you know that, mm. in 2004. And that's because they started venturing out a bit too fast, too quick yeah. uh, with, with video game uh, kind of uh, companies. Mm. And Star Wars was one of them. Mm. And what they realized, because they almost went completely bankrupt, Wow! Uh, they decided to go back to what they knew yeah. instead of diversifying too quickly. And I feel like, you know, in terms of the the essence or the benefits or the positives of Lego, I'm like, look, do we need Lego in the in the quote unquote like the video game or the gaming space? And I'm like, man, probably not. Like, well, <laughs> the video game in the gaming space, like, why is it needed at all? Uh, but you know, is Lego a positive influence firmly in the toy and the play space? And I would say absolutely. You know, it's it's fantastic. Like Lego is like one of the best toys ever because they've seen like since the advent of Lego. You know, before that they had play blocks and all that stuff like it it has really contributed to the ability of young people in their cognizant understanding of of how to put things together you know material permanence all these types of you know different cognizant functions or cognition cognition I can't get the right word to come out of my mouth, but you guys know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, in terms of their their functions with their their brains and putting things together and motor being skills. able to their motor skills, but being able to recognize and to problem solve innately, Lego has been a fantastic actually training tool for children, and they believe that it's just playing. Absolutely, it's the best. Absolutely. And you hit on the nail with um, what it's doing for them. Uh, it mm. stimulates the three dimensional yes uh, capacity to understand things in that world. Mm. So it definitely improves their not only their creativity but also their logic combined. Mm. And yeah, I just thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Especially when they're non for prop, they're not for profit, and they use volunteers. Yeah, to, it's called pass the bricks instead of pass the bread. <laughs> pass the bricks. That's what it's Pass his the bricks, man. That's and, amazing. Uh, oh, and it sounds like you know this kid again having a passion for Lego and having a, you know just a passion to to you know positively benefit himself i guess now he's turned into positively benefiting others as well with with this toy absolutely and i've got a nice verse that uh, relates to this yeah go for it hebrews 10 verse 23 to 25 says let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for god can be trusted to keep his promise let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some do but encourage or build up one another Oh, Especially wow. now that the day of his return is drawing near. Mm, wow, amazing. Hey, fantastic stuff, Matthew. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. We- You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. 
got joined by myself, Lawson. We've got Matthew and Kelvin's just walked into the studio. We're going to having be having him doing our interview today in our next segment, in our segment coming up towards the end of the hour. But he's he's chilling. He's having some fun in with us this morning before we get there. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. And look, Matthew, you're going to have to give us our next question for the quiz. Launching now. Nathaniel doubted if... Oh, no, that's the... Went too far. What, <laughs> what released a dove and a raven? What, what released? Who? Released, who? Who? So who released a dove and a raven? You know, didn't it say I gotta get glasses? I think I'm just convicted and convinced. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you get into that point, you're like, okay, it's time to, time to get that. Have you worn glasses before, like up to this point? You know, not only have I worn them, I've lost so many of them. Oh, that, uh, I think my wife wants to genetically connect them to my body physically. Yeah, uh, Man, make sure I don't fall off. Maybe contacts are the way because you know you wear them for a couple of days or so. I, I you know, get, take them in, put put them in, take them out. I just don't like the feeling of something touching my eyes. I think you got to adjust uh, over a while. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I was actually contemplating that laser eye corrective surgery, mm. but then I've heard other bad stories. You know, but so a small percentage actually don't come out too well, worse Ooh. than before. Ooh, uh, yeah, maybe I should wait for the second coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah amen. Hey, we're all gonna get fixed up then. You know, I, you you'll have better eyes. I'll be taller. You know, like all all, all the things will be made right. Hey. We'll be flying without the happy drone. <laughs> Who released a dove and a raven? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Cause our prize for this week, we've got a morning and an evening. Evening devotional, which we are giving to you absolutely for free. We can see answers flying in right now. You are listening to the breakfast show this morning, and I've got something contentious to talk about, guys. I've got something contentious. Now, this wasn't in my introduction. I didn't mention this story, but it has come across my desk, and I'm like, man, I, I need to talk about this. I need to get some opinions. Yeah, it's not a conspiracy theory, right? It's not a conspiracy. No, 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 no. no. It is a story that un folded in the United States where there was a man, his name was David Grisham, hmm. and he went down to his local elementary or primary primary school, you know, uh, elementary school in the United States is like, what, kindergarten to the year yes. four, and yeah. then from there they have middle school. And so, so it's kindy, kindy to year four, uh, this group. He goes down to his local primary school, and he's wearing a Grinch outfit. You know, the Grinch who stole Christmas, you know, famous, famous figure, the movie with um, Jim, Jim Carrey. Carry and whatnot. Yep. Okay, he's wearing a Grinch costume and holding a sign out the front of the school saying, Santa is fake, Jesus is real. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, this is his... He used to be a street preacher, like very much, you know, doing that a lot. He hasn't been doing much street preaching. But, you know, he said that this was a part of his First Amendment rights to be able to wear this and, and to go to the school with this sign. And I just, I want some opinions. I, how do you feel about this particular move or action? I, I see this as some type or, or form of evangelism. Like if he had just been saying Santa is fake, I mean, that's kind of some, some trolling, but he's saying Santa is fake, which, you know, it, it's true. <laughs> Jesus is real. Yeah. Um, how do we feel about this? I'm I'm a little bit like I got I got one thought. Okay, it, it's kind of an ironic flip of sides of things. Mm-hmm. I'll like, give you kind of a reference. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that a fake character is telling the truth about this true historic 
person. <laughs> right, that's to us Christians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The flip side is to the those who don't believe in Christianity, they find it ironic that um, a fake, well, a real character to them, like the Santa's real to them, mm. um, and someone to the kids, the Grinch is real, mm. is talking about someone that's not real. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's quite I, an interesting, yeah, ironic flip here in there. I would say I don't necessarily believe that um, any. Anyone like sincerely of an adult age believes that either the Grinch, Grinch is real, compared to Grinch real, or Santa is real, or whatever it may be. But simultaneously, like this move or this style of evangelism to convince, you know, try and convince children that Santa's fake and Jesus is real by standing out the front of an elementary school with a sign wearing a Grinch costume, you know, I, I see what he's going for. Now, this actually ended up in an altercation where a parent came over and was pushing him and shoving him. Police were called. He wasn't arrested uh, because he wasn't doing anything illegal. But at the same time, they, he was apprehended by the police and they had the conversations there. And it's sharply divided the conversation online as to whether this is good or not. Now, my personal history with this, like in terms of Santa, I grew up in a secular family and they for a little bit, you know, peddled the narrative that I'm, you know, getting up on Christmas morning and seeing a bike there. And it's like, hey, Santa got you a bike kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah, I think though that I would have been about six. Which is quite young. A gullible age. Where, well, uh, well, six was the age in which, you know, the, the bomb dropped for me. And it was like, hey, Santa, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Santa, you know, he's, 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 he's not real. Uh, hey, that, that being said, we, I'd love to get some opinions. 0491-064-669, standing at the front of a school, convincing children, or trying to convince children, or introducing the idea that, hey, Santa's fake, Jesus is real. Is, is that uh, an appropriate way to go about evangelism? And is that something that should be done? Maybe not from the evangelistic perspective, but trying to convince children that Santa isn't real, you know, at the front of an elementary school. Is that, is that the way to go? What do you think, Kelvin? We've got Kelvin in the studio with us this morning. How, how are you feeling about this? It's a double-edged sword because if you admit Santa Claus is dead, then what does that mean for presents on Christmas Day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> the, the, the selfish part of me wants Santa to live on forever because <laughs> I want, you know, I want Christmas morning to be a happy day with lots of presents. Because yeah. he's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Well, well, this is the thing is, like, I mean, this when I was six six years old, um, and came to the realization that Santa isn't real. Uh, that didn't stop presents from being there on Christmas morning because then they were just attributed to the, the people who actually got me my parents, which presents, which were my parents. Uh, so, you know, and I've seen some like contentions around this. I remember seeing a Facebook post a while ago. And it was like, oh, if you have like big presents to give your children on Christmas morning, don't say they're from Santa. Give the, say the small presents are from Santa because you don't, maybe the kid goes to school and says, oh, Santa gave me a bike. And there's a poor kid who couldn't, his parents couldn't afford oh. that or whatever, whatever it may be. And it's like, oh, why does Santa love me, you, know, you more than me? And then I'm like, well, you can circumvent all that issues by just like telling the truth and just saying that, you know, it's like, okay, Santa's a, a myth, and but Jesus is real, and that's the person who we really celebrate on Christmas. And that, that's how I feel about this. Maybe uh, Producer Shell, you know, do, you, do you have any thoughts or insight on this particular story, this particular idea? I don't think that you need... Santa Claus in order to have a good Christmas. Mm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think that it is 
something that you know you can still have that that joy on Christmas morning yeah. and anticipate all of that. And for me, because my parents told me that there was Santa Claus, and mm. I thought, you know. I trusted my parents so much, and mm. then to find out when when they sat me down that day and told me that it wasn't really true, uh, I I still hold a grudge against them for lying oh, to me. Betrayal! <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah, but I mean, I just thought my parents were all you know. I mean, I trusted them with everything, mm. and yeah, for them to have deceived me so badly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I still hold a grudge about that. Oh, bummer! I mean, yeah, I I have a. Uh, <laughs> I, I have another a personal friend as well, and they were they're in the eighth grade, so they were like year eight when they found mm-hmm. out that Santa wasn't real. They they were they were living in a in an eastern country, you know, and so like the idea of Christmas and Santa was very novel, and so over there they would kind of perpetuate it. They'd try to perpetuate it longer, but they're sitting yeah in a year eight science class. And the topic of Santa comes up and, you know, one of the kids asks, like, imagine if someone here thought that Santa was real. And this girl is sitting there like, wait a second, like, like Santa is real. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, right. and then goes home and asks her parents and her parents are like, um, actually, <laughs> no. And so, yeah, perpetuating those kinds of myths and maybe the, the breaking of trust there. Also giving, like, gratitude that something to something that, like, doesn't and you're like the, and that we know doesn't exist i i'm not for it i mean some people from an atheist perspective is like oh you do the same thing with with jesus but it's like no no, no we, we are sincerely convinced that jesus is real and exists and also jesus did exist like he's a historical figure he's god in heaven we believe in him but yeah it's it's an interesting conversation we've actually got a text message that's come in here from Johanna, she says, I agree with the sign that the guy is saying that Santa is fake and Jesus is real. Not sure about the costume. It can come across as though it's bad news that Jesus is real, uh, which is, it's absolutely not bad news. Which, yeah, I'm, I agree with the, the news that Jesus is real is like the best news. We'll take it. If a fake guy is revealing the true guy, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> just please. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say that for me, it was a similar sort of story that yeah. my, my dad really wanted to keep the magic alive. You know, that's how mm. he, he would say it. Cause I've come from a snow area. Yeah. And so my dad, in order to prove to us, my sister and I, when we were doubting that Santa Claus was real, <laughs> he said, well, Santa Christmas skeptics. morning, Christmas morning, I will take you on the roof and show you. Oh. <clears throat> and so, sure enough, Christmas morning, we went up and there was the sleigh tracks, there was the deer prints, there was Santa walking over to the chimney with a drag mark from the back, <laughs> everything. Dude, they committed to the bit. and beyond, you know. Uh And so then after Christmas break was over and we went back to school, we had to write something about our Christmas experience. And so, of course, I wrote that. Mm. And all of the kids in my class just were picking on me and laughing at me, you know, for believing in in that. And one of them was like, it was probably squirrels. And and so I went home. And yeah, I told my parents and I was crying and that's when they were like, oh, okay, this has gone too far. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, yeah. And, yeah. And so that, that, just that whole experience of my dad trying to make it so special and then mm. it backfiring. Yeah. It was quite the story anyway. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Dude, really interesting stuff. We've got a bunch of text messages coming through, which we'll get to in a bit. But yeah, let us know your opinion. You know, how young or, or should we, you know, how do we tell our kids center is real, center is fake? Should we, should, shouldn't we? What age? Let us know. 0491-064-669. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. 
and we are going to have our third quiz clue. Gladly. Our third quiz clue is Nathaniel doubted if any good thing could come out of what city? Oh, okay. So Nathaniel, this, this he, guy here, he's doubting. So he's one of the uh, disciples. So mm-hmm. read it again. Nathaniel doubted if any good thing could come out of what city? Mm, if you know what city this is, 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you go into the draw to win some amazing prizes. We've got a, an evening and a morning devotional, which we want to give to you absolutely for free. We want to bless you, particularly going into the new year, with the opportunity to connect with Jesus every single day in his word. And, and through, like, the thing I love particularly about devotionals is the information that it shares about his word, the insight that he gives us about his word in particular. We want to give this to you absolutely for free, 0491-064-669. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and we have come to the point in which we do an interview, and we've got at our desk none other than Kelvin Langman. Kelvin, thank you for for joining us this morning. Good morning. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, we're absolutely stoked to have you here, and we are getting into everything wacky and wonderful about the Bible. So what's our our topic for today? The topic for today is fire. Fire. Now the Bible talks about fire quite a lot. There's there's heaps of references about fire in scripture. So there seems to be a, a number of passages that we we know and understand like the fire in the sanctuary and things like that. Mm-hmm. However, there's lots of references to fire that we don't seem to be able to make sense of. Okay. So what I want to do is share some of those problem verses Mm -hmm. with you, and there's a few if we can get through them, Um, but I believe there's some learning outcomes that we can have from that. Oh, yes, please. In fact, from my point of view, I can't wait for you, Kelvin, to fire away. (laughs) So I've got one particular verse um, that we're going to look forward to in Solomon when we get there. And I think when we when we get to that point, it's really going to be a paradigm shift. It'll mm. really change our understanding. Yeah, so let's absolutely. Start off, Matthew chapter three and verse eleven. Okay, so Matthew, Matthew chapter three, three and verse eleven. And verse so if 11. you you know this is the segment where Jesus is being baptized, mm-hmm. and the um, John the Baptist is um, performing the duties. Mm-hmm. So Matthew chapter uh, three and verse eleven. So friends, that's the first book of the New Testament. Mm. It is. Okay. So it starts here with you. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose hand is in whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Oh, I don't know about you. I'm happy to get baptized in water. I'm yeah. not so comfortable being baptized with oh. fire. But not only that, the word baptism means full immersion. Mm. So you're not just being partially singed. You're being fully, fully sunk, sunk in, into the flames into here. Fire. Oh, days. There's only one other story I think I recall in the Old Testament. Quick, if I'm wrong, where folk were in, like fully. Immersed in the fire, and that was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So I hope I'm not taking your thunder away there. No, no. And there are lots of verses there. It talks about kings that would actually pass their children through the fire. Oh, yeah, the pagan kings. Yeah, but this one here, it's an unusual verse. Like, how is it that we are going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire, 
and we get fully burnt, but it says that the fire is unquenchable. Anyway, mm. so let's um, let's keep moving on because there's a few more passages. As we, we go further on, there's going to be some more similarities. So Exodus chapter 3 and verses 2 to 5 mm-hmm. talks about the angel of the Lord appearing unto him, unto Moses, in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about baptism in the previous verse, and we're fully immersed into fire. Here's a bush that burns that doesn't get burnt. So what if we get baptized into this baptism of fire, but we don't physically get burnt? Oh, wow. Mm. It's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a crazy concept. How, how can you get burnt, or how can you be on fire, Without being burnt. Well, I think I think that's a very insightful point to make because, well, right now, like uh, I've been baptized into water, and so has Matthew, and so have you, Kelvin, and so has producer Shell here. Um, and I am thankful that I actually have very fair skin, and it is currently not on fire. And so, again, if if Jesus came to baptize us with water and fire, we have to like I love this. It's it's challenging because some for some reasons like skeptics of the Bible think they're geniuses by saying like, oh, here's a, a figurative or an allegorical or a, a metaphorical point of the Bible. And they're like, hey, this isn't real. So you believe in a fairy tale. It's like, nah, bro. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, but it's it's really important to say, okay, what are we getting at with this type of allegory? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. When you read on a little bit further, this passage says, um, draw not nigh hither, Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the ground upon which thou standeth is holy ground. So the presence of God, the fire of God, makes things holy or sanctifies things. Let's move on. Let's have a look. Another important passage is Daniel. So you've got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They get put into a furnace, not just a hot fire. They get put into a furnace that is heated seven Seven times. times hotter. Um, so here they are, and the Bible says that they get they were bound and they were cast right into the middle of the fire. They didn't get put on the edges; they were put right into the middle. So you're saying where it's hottest, the hottest part of the fire. Yep. And it, what's interesting here is that even the, the the fire was made seven times hotter, but the people that cast Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire, they, they were killed. They died. They perished. But the king said, "Lo, I see four men." Not three, but four men walking in the midst of the fire, and one of them has the form of so the, son the son of, son of God. Of God. Well, that's right. So what's crazy is in the midst of this fire is God. Mm. So the outcome from this is that these men um, came out of the fire, and the fire had no effect on them. Mm. Their hair was not singed, mm. neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire was in them. Mm. So this is this is a fire that it's a physical fire that burns, but this fire has no effect upon them. Mm. Wow, physically, okay. So to me, this is weird fire. Yeah, it's crazy. This is not normal. Mm-hmm. How is it that this happens? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Let's mm-hmm. move on. Exodus chapter nineteen, uh, thirteen. Sorry, Exodus thirteen verses nineteen to twenty-two. Um, talks about how the Lord went before them by day, this is with the Israelites in the wilderness, and he was with them in a pillar of cloud and by night in a pillar of fire. Mm. 
And it says, verse 22, He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night. So here is God, the presence of God, in the shape of a pillar of fire Mm. to illuminate them, and his presence was with them for the 40 years in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And God did not want to leave them. Another interesting, this pillar of fire continues, and when the Egyptians are chasing after them, they go to cross the the sea, the water parts. It's very interesting because early in the morning it says, and it came to pass that in the morning watch the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of cloud. So it says here specifically God was inside the fire watching over them and watching what was going on with the Egyptians. So cool. Mm. So here's, here's, this is a fire, but not any, any ordinary fire. We have God inside the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some other interesting verses there. Um, when God descends on Mount Sinai, it says, The Lord descended upon it in fire, and the smoke was like that of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. Isaiah 48 verse 10, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Mm. So there's lots of similar passages that talk about fire, and a furnace is not just any old fire. It's a very, very hot fire. Mm -hmm. But it's all here there's an illusion or a direct uh, instruction that God will be with us through the fire. So what I want to do is I've I've got a few more passages here. and it talks about how the fire uh, has an effect on silver and purifies. And there's another verse, and I think this is one of producer Shell's favourite Bible verses, <laughs> Proverbs 25, verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. So the Bible makes this uh, correlation between God's word and, apple, uh, and gold and silver. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So whenever the Bible talks about gold or silver, it's actually using that as a symbol of God's word. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when, when the Bible talks about like Isaiah 48 verse 10, I have refined thee but not with silver, it's actually referring to God's word within you. Oh, mm. So God can refine you if you have the word of God within you and you go through the fires of affliction, this world, the, all the troubles and trials that go with it, that you become purified mm-hmm. because of it. Mm. So very interesting. But I want you to open with me your books. This is one of my favourite passages of all time. It's my favourite book of all time. It's the book of love, which is... Dun, 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 Song of 13. Solomon. Oh. oh, no, no, no not, not the <laughs> that's chapter. The, that's the chapter the of love. Chapter. We're talking about the love. This is the book of love, which is the Song of Solomon. Chapter 8 is what we're looking at. Wow. And I want to share verses 6 and 7. So we've read some illustrations of fire. This, I believe, is really going to nail it and tell us exactly what that fire is. So let's have a look. Song of Solomon, chapter 8, and verses 6 and verses 7. So if you're there with me. Yep. Lawson, would you yeah, like to read? Yeah, I'll get that for you. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for your love is as strong as death. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. 
If a man would give for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. So I believe that Song of Solomon is a very important book in the Bible, and Mm. it is a book of love. Chapter 8 is the chapter of love in the book of love, Mm. and I believe that these two verses really are the pinnacle, for me anyway. Um, What we've got here, it says that love Mm -hmm. is as strong as death, the coals, which is the coals or the fire of love, Mm. has a most vehement flame. So here, Mm. here God, the Bible, is saying that love is a flame. Mm. And we say when you when you get into a relationship, you know, your your love's got the spark. You're, you're you know? on fire for yeah. someone. Yeah. You know, and and you burn for them. Passionately. Mm. Yeah, passion. This is passion. <laughs> yeah. um, and this is the Bible. This says that the Bible like is referring to God as the source of all of this. Which would make sense because God says, I am not loving. He says, I am love. Mm-hmm. So many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it out. So here is an unquenchable, vehement flame that will go on forever and ever. So what's interesting, we could go back and and reread these verses that we've already looked at, but we could quickly look at a couple of verses forward Mm -hmm. um, and see if that makes any sense. Let's let's have a look at Acts chapter 2 and verses 3, and you'll know what these are. So this is Pentecost, mm-hmm. Acts chapter 2 and verse 3. So these people were visibly changed. They had something rest down upon them. Let's share what that, what that is. Yeah, Acts 2 and verse 3, the Bible says, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them. Yep, so I believe that this is the Holy Ghost, it's the Spirit moving mm. upon them. But here, this is a symbol of God's love. Fire is a symbol of God's love. We just read, read about how God's love is like fire in Song of Solomon. So here we're reading this verse about tongues of fire resting upon us, and I believe this is a direct illustration that it is a visual representation of God's love. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus was baptized, he said, Here is my son in whom I am well pleased. Mm-hmm. So here, whenever you see this fire... And it's a strange fire. I believe that this is directly showing you that God's love is with you. Behold, I'm with you. Thy rod and thy staff shall go with you. So when the Bible says that he's baptizing us in water and in fire, it's that, yes, we experience this, the cleanliness of water, but also we're experiencing the indwelling or the immersion of God's love. Yep, totally encapsulating. Wow, that is powerful. Thank you so much for sharing with us this morning. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.